Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. And not just news, not just speculation, not just rumors. Actual football happened last night. So I'm going to bring you some of my takeaways from that fantastic Chiefs Lions season opener, as well as some NFL news updates, as well as a little preview into what we can expect this Sunday. So why don't we? Sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. Guys, you know, I could not be any happier than really this morning, right? This is the first morning show since football has happened. We got to stay up late last night, taking in the Thursday night football glory And boy, was it spectacular. Here, to you guys, was the first touchdown of the 2023 NFL season. And there it is. Jared Goff dropping back and finding the sun god himself moving over across the middle, bringing it in and humping the air. Amon Ross St. Brown is ready for this season. So are the Detroit Lions as they went on to win 21 to 20 in Arrowhead in thrilling fashion. What a game. How exciting. But that wasn't even the best play of the game. For me, the best play of the game was this one right here. When the Lions decided to do a fake punt on their own 17-yard line against the Super Bowl champs. The balls on Dan Campbell the absolute gonads that this man has is spectacular and you've gotta love it we talked time and time again on wake and take how much I love coaches and how much a good coach can do for a team and man Dan Campbell has saved the Detroit Lions so that's a quick little rundown of what happened But let's do some takeaways. Last night, man, we'll start with the Chiefs because so much disappointment happened really across the board in Kansas City. Even Patrick Mahomes disappointed to some degree. Now, don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes looked fantastic. He was scrambling a ton. uh, And who would have bet? Who could have guessed that the Chiefs' leading rusher after week one would be Patrick Mahomes. I bet not a single person had that on their bingo card, but that's what happened. As he couldn't get it really done in the passing game, he finished the day with almost a 50% pass rating or a 50% pass completions, 21 of 39. He averaged 5.8 yards a, a, a completion, 
two touchdowns, threw a pick six, which wasn't his fault, and only finished with a 72.5 QBR. Just not a great start to him. He did, of course, finish with the 45 rush yards off the scrambles, and that just shows how much of a superhero he really is. Why didn't Patrick Mahomes look that good last night outside of his heroics? Well, let's start with this. The Chiefs' leading receivers, (laughs) after the first game of the season, are Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Justin Watson, Noah Gray, and Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, that's right. Again, who would have guessed that those would be the Chiefs' leading receivers after the game? Not many people, mind you. But that is probably what we should have expected based on last season. Patrick Mahomes spreads the ball around. Every receiver is used. It's just a matter of who's open. And man, (laughs) was Marcus Valdez-Scantling open? Was Justin Watson open? Was Noah Gray open? And Boy, was Kadarius Tony open, who actually led the Chiefs in targets yesterday with five, but only came down with one of them for one yard, had negative rush yards, and a crucial drop, which led to the pick six. Kadarius Tony looked terrible, and I mean terrible. There, <laughs> it was a really bad performance for Kadarius Tony. I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. I will I will start with congratulations for finishing the football game, Kadarius Tony. Most of the concerns we had with you were your health. And well, we should have, I guess, had concerns with your football play as well because you could not catch the ball. You made the Chiefs lose the game. And I mean, time and time again, just it was just Kadarius Tony. Stopping drives. What was going on with him last night? It was awful. It was just plain awful. But he wasn't the only guy who was awful. Sky Moore finished the day with three targets and zero receptions for zero yards. He had four rush yards. That's fine. But Sky Moore ultimately disappointing us in a major, major way. You hate to see it. I will say both of these guys, I'm not dropping them. You just can't. And that is kind of the worst part of even rostering those guys is you're probably never going to be able to sell them because once they do finally have a good game, everyone's going to be like, okay, well, the next game he's not going to be good. So I'm not really going to pay up for him. You know, like it's they're going to be impossible to trade this year. They're going to be impossible to ever want to start. They're just going to and they're going to be impossible to drop. So basically, you've already got yourself some roster cloggers in Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. Maybe an overreaction from week one, but I don't care. This Chiefs offense has said, has shown now over now a season and heading into another week of this year that they don't have to have an alpha receiver, even with Travis Kelsey gone. Patrick Mahomes spreads it around. It is what it is. The running backs situation here with Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire started the day, had the very first snap for the Kansas City Chiefs, and everyone... Myself included, we're like, oh, great. That's how it's going to be. But he was basically not really there. Um, he, he got those first couple snaps, and then Isaiah Pacheco came in. He outcarried Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Eight carries for Pacheco versus six for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They both finished with about 22 yards. Isaiah Pacheco at 23. Uh, and Isaiah Pacheco looked better as well. And the best part with Isaiah Pacheco 
is the fact that he also was the leading receiving back. Jarek McKinnon only had one reception. Isaiah Pacheco actually had four. And that is something that we were looking forward to after the playoff stretch. He was used time and time again in the playoffs as basically a yards after catch running back, doing some swing routes out of the backfield, some running back screens. Uh, and he was fantastic with them. Four receptions for 31 yards, a long for 10. Looked great. He really did. Isaiah Pacheco continuously looked good. He still looks like he's angry at the turf. Still one of the one of the more fun ru rushers to watch in terms of how they do it. So I'm glad Isaiah Pacheco looked good. Disappointing in terms of the fantasy football output, but I'm excited with the usage. I'm excited of things to come. And when Travis Kelsey comes back, I think this Chiefs offense is going to be totally fine. Let's go ahead and move on to the Lions who... Well, first off, we know who is going to be stepping up alongside Amon Ross St. Brown, and that is Josh Reynolds, who actually uh, had seven targets, four receptions and 80 yards yesterday, leading the Lions in receiving, had a 33-yard reception, looked really good. He honestly did, bringing over that connection that he had with Jared Goff last season, as well as in Los Angeles. Uh, if you remember from yesterday's show, that was Chase Vernon's number one pick, essentially the highest value for this game in DFS. And boy, did it pay off only $2,000 and you got 12 points out of him. Great, great call there. And, you know, probably worth uh, picking, up, picking up in your leagues. You know, put it in a little bit of a waiver claim uh, because you're going to want to attach yourself to this Detroit Lions offense. And that was not the only player who impressed. Jared Goff impressed. I'm just going to leave it at that. Jared Goff looked really good. It wasn't, you know, an off-the-top performance or, you know, like uh, he was 22 for 35, 253 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, but still took, like, really, really handled the pressure well, blitz after blitz after blitz after blitz, and yet Jared Goff had the pocket presence, had the awareness to find the receiver, only got sacked once, so um, really did look good. You know, not great. You know, you would like to see maybe two or three touchdowns more often than just the one, but still uh, 20 fantasy points. 253 yards, no turnovers, and looked good. So Jared Goff continuously fo uh, or following up a fantastic season uh, last year, continue continuing his hot streak. Uh, and the receivers outside of Josh Reynolds, outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, who is looking like the first-round pick that we all started hyping him up for, six receptions, 71 yards for a touchdown, the touchdown I showed at the top of the show. But Sam Laporta looked fantastic. Five targets, five receptions, 100% catch rate for the rookie. Took that for 39 yards and even had a long 14-yarder. Looked really, really good. I know the stats aren't, you know, the best, but to get all five of his targets caught and to look at that good in your first game, really, really excited with Sam Laporta. I'm sending out offers where I can for him. I know the hype is there, but still, I want to have Sam Laporta. I want myself in this Lions offense and Sam Laporta already has me in. Jameer Gibbs also looked fantastic as well. I know the points weren't really there, but seven carries for 42 yards. Yes, he averaged six yards a carry with a long 18-yarder. And then he also had two receptions for 18 yards. And in both of those receptions, he showcased his elusiveness. He looked really, really good with the ball in his hands. He caught a short route and then would take it. Basically, uh, it was 10 yards once and eight yards for the other. Jameer Gibbs got the usage we want from him. Maybe not quite the points. The touchdowns weren't there, and we wanted a little bit more receiving usage, but I do think that'll be ramped up as the season goes on. And it was David Montgomery who stole the show in the backfield. 21 
carries for David Montgomery, 74 yards and a touchdown. He also looked really good. He still has some gas in the tank. And I've got to say, switching your number to a single digit works out. It just seems to work out. These guys who go to a new team or just switch their number to a single digit, we saw it last year. We're seeing it again this year. They just, I don't know, get some extra swagger and play well. I don't know. Maybe, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But seeing him in number five looked pretty cool. And he looked good as well in terms of just football production. So David Montgomery, as we've been saying all offseason here at Player Profiler, Seth Dewald and, and Podfather, especially by David Montgomery, even after today's game. Some people are going to be trying to sell high. But I still think that this is what we can expect from David Montgomery all season. Those are my big takeaways from the game. Just again, extremely fun to watch. Let me see if you guys had any fun takeaways here in the comment section real quick. Uh, looks like a lot of people got burned by Sky Moore. It is what it is. Oh yeah, I guess I should talk about Rasheed Rice. Um, I'm going to say this kind of like I said with the, the Chiefs in general. This might be one of Rasheed Rice's best games, right? Congratulations to him for catching you know a touchdown on his very first NFL reception. But, you know, he wasn't out there a ton. He did command a ton of targets while he was out there. But I think that's more so because, well, he's a rookie and the defenses weren't really planning for him. And he was in as the third, fourth, sometimes fifth receiver on the play and was just open. As he goes against better corners, I'm curious to see how that will develop. As well as, like I've been saying time and time again when I talked about with the Chiefs, they spread the ball around. And so you're never going to be confident in Rasheed Rice, just like you're never really going to be confident in the other guys. Um, I would probably be looking to sell him. I think you could get a decent bit for him right now, uh, but we'll see. We'll see, right? I mean, it, it ultimately comes down to what you can get. It's not a bad move to hold on to him, but I think you could probably capitalize on the hype this morning, especially since no one else has played. People are looking at those lines of Chiefs players right now. They really are. Um, let's see. To Sky will give us some 20-point games. The Harry Summons has a little overreaction. I agree, but you're never going to want to start him those games. You're never going to be like, Sky Moore's going to have 20 points today. You're never once going to be able to say that. Will he do it? Yes, 100%. I did the draft kit write-up for Sky Moore, and that is exactly what I wrote. I said he'll probably have a bunch of good games, but the Chiefs spread the ball around a lot, and you're never going to want to be able to bet on him. Yes, I said he was a good value. I still do believe he's a good value, and he's going to have some good games, but it's going to take some more time, it looks like. Uh, and he's not really going to have a league-winning upside that we kind of hoped he would. Let's see. Uh, but yeah, do definitely still hold on to him. And probably still hold on to Tony as well. Would you trade Sky for Tony? No, I wouldn't. Um, yes, he looked worse, but he did get more targets. Kadarius Tony did. So so it's interesting. Um, definitely interesting. And then Franz asked, would you sell Anthony Richardson for David Montgomery and Jared Goff? Not yet. You got to watch Anthony Richardson play. You got to watch Anthony Richardson play. I know we're excited. I know we're excited. But you've got to watch Anthony Richardson play. You can't sell him quite yet. And you can't buy into the Lions quite yet either. At least with a player like Anthony Richardson. But yes, let's go ahead and move on to some of the news. We've got a long show today. Long show today. Mike Evans is still in his contract talks with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is looking like he sent over an offer to them that he felt was fair for both sides, has not heard back, and a decision is looming closer and closer. Mike Evans is a prime trade candidate, and I bring him up after talking about the Chiefs wide receiver woes because I bet Mike Evans would fit perfectly in the Chiefs offense and not be too expensive. So that's something to keep your eye on. Mike Evans might be a Kansas City Chief uh, sooner rather than later. 
Uh, and so I would maybe be sending out some offers for Mike Evans because if he stays with the Buccaneers, his value doesn't change. In fact, he'll probably go up. I still think he's a value. But if he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, you will not be able to acquire Mike Evans. I mean, he, he could legit have a wide receiver one type season if he lands on the Kansas City Chiefs. So definitely, definitely a, develop to keep, a development to keep watching and definitely a player worth sending out some feelers for. And finally, congratulations are in order for Joe Burrow as he becomes the highest player in the NFL. He just signed a $275 million contract with the Bengals that will pay him an average salary of $55 million per year. Well-deserving for Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty, Joe. Congratulations. No big takeaways there. Just congratulations. Excited to see him this season. Excited to see the Bengals. And then going into 2024, it'll be interesting to see what they do with their cap space. And before we preview week one, there are some injuries to monitor that came out yesterday. Kenneth Walker has a groin injury and was limited in practice, marked as questionable. Christian Watson, undisclosed injury, injury, but was also limited in practice, listed as questionable. Romeo Dubs is also listed as questionable with a hamstring injury. So it is possible it might already be Jaden Reed season. So if he's available in some of your redraft leagues, go ahead and pick up Jaden Reed in case both Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs are out. That'll be a fantastic smash start for the rookie. And finally, Odell Beckham Jr. has picked up an ankle injury. Uh, Didn't really see anything about an injury report on it, but he was limited in practice yesterday. Odell Beckham then also tweeted out, believe everything you see on the internet. So who knows what this is? Odell's a weird character, but that is, I still wanted to report on it. Uh, And yeah, those are the injuries to monitor over the weekend. Again, take a, go ahead and take a flyer on Jaden Reed if he's available in your redraft leagues. And in terms of the Kenneth Walker injury, I mean, I guess if Charbonnet is available, you could stash him. Kenneth Mac- Kenny McIntosh, stash him as well. And DJ Dallas, of course. Actually, DJ Dallas might actually be the play, especially in DFS. As it is week one, they'll probably lean on the veteran a bit more if Kenneth Walker is out. So definitely, again, keep your eye on those. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and do a little bit of a preview on week one. But before we get into that, we have a word from Bet Openly. Hey, so many ask me, what's wrong with sports books? Why so many of them fail? The answer is simple. They don't innovate. They're just casino sports books on a phone. That's all they've been. There are a few that are doing a good job. We partner with them. Most of them, not so much. Until Bet Openly came along. Bet Openly said, hey, we're going to innovate. We're going to do something groundbreaking. We're going to have peer to peer betting in all states, and you pay 1%. When you win, you pay just 1% on your winnings. You heard that right. It's 1%. With code Underworld, you qualify for just that 1% transaction fee on Bet Openly. It gives you ultimate flexibility to set your own lines and browse lines that others have set. Think about it. That's what betting should be. And now that is the reality. BetOpenly.com. The code is Underworld. Check it out. Go check out Bet Openly, guys, and use that promo code Underworld. Peer to peer betting systems are fantastic. Fantastic. All right, guys. I do want to say I have finally hooked up an Ethernet cable to my computer, and that is why the past couple shows have looked a lot better in terms of the cutting out every once in a while. So, you know, just a little pat on my back for myself for getting that done, which means I can do a little bit more with the show, hence me playing videos at the beginning and now sharing my screen as the NFL.com has done a really great job kind of previewing what we can expect on Sunday. 
So the first game, we're just going to go game by game. I'm going to talk about, you know, what the NFL is expecting. And then, of course, what I expect as well. The Carolina Panthers are heading to my Atlanta Falcons at 1 p.m. Eastern. The Falcons are three and a half favorites. And all five of the NFL.com experts picked the Falcons. I'm with them as well. I'm all in on the Falcons this season, especially for week one. I really think that the defensive line and the and the Falcons linebackers are going to give Bryce Young and that offensive line a ton of fits. I am streaming the Falcons defense. If there's not a lot of options out there, that's the one I've been picking up in my in my like 12 team leagues because I don't draft defenses. I usually have to find someone for week one. The Falcons is my choice for me. They've upgraded the secondary. They've upgraded the defensive line and the linebackers are some of the fastest in the league. I really do think that Bryce Young is going to have some trouble on Sunday and on the vice versa. I think the Falcons offense is going to look really, really good. I know the Panthers have a solid defense. Um, I, I love the spread here, 39 and a half. I don't see it going over that. In fact, I could see it going under, but still, I think this is going to be a methodical game from the Atlanta Falcons. As I've been saying all off season, I love the way that offense runs. It's a very slow, methodical, get what the defense gives you type of thing. And they just get three, four yards of play. And so um, as they do that, the time is going to be milked and Bijan Robinson's going to look good. Kyle Pitts is going to look fantastic. Desmond Ritter is going to lock himself in as a value. And lastly, if you guys want, sometimes some people, especially myself, I like to, in the leagues that you can drop players after games, I like to take some flyers per like kind of time slot. So my 1 p.m. flyer in fantasy football this week is Mac Hollins. I want to see what he can do in this Falcons offense as the wide receiver too. There's just so many people to cover that Mike Mac Hollins might actually be open and thrown the ball to. He's looked great in training camp, getting a ton of hype. And I know it's a wide receiver too on a team that doesn't pass the ball a lot, but if he can get himself six targets, get himself a touchdown, he's going to be one of the best waiver wire additions going into week two. So I'm kind of get ahead of that curve and rostering Mac Hollins before the game. The next game is the Texans heading out to Baltimore. The Ravens are 10 point favorites with a spread of 43 and a half. All five of the NFL experts are picking the Ravens. And so am I in this game. I do think that CJ Stroud is going to be good. I love myself some CJ Stroud, but it's going to take some time and it's definitely not going to be against a pretty good Ravens defense. And also that Texans defense, while they looked good towards the end of the year last year, I just don't see them coming, being able to hold up to this new and improved Ravens offense with Todd Munkin in town. It's going to be nice to watch. I am curious to see how much he can improve this offense. This is a college offensive coordinator going to the NFL. So I don't think we can necessarily sharpie in the fact that the Ravens offense will be better. There's still going to be some growing pains there, but still, if all the wide receivers are active and Mark Andrews is active, then I'm just excited to see what can happen in general. Uh, and make sure you're just rostering your Houston Texans wide receivers. Don't let any of them be on the waivers before the game uh, because it's so unclear who it's going to be. That whoever pops off on week one will probably be a huge waiver wire ad. And it might not even be clear if that person who pops off in week one will be the season long benefit. So it's, it's, I think that you're going to be able to find value in one of Nico Collins, John Mechie or tank Dell. If you have to go with the cheapest one, that's totally fine. Tank Dell is awesome, but make sure you're rostering at least one of them before this game. Because like I said, I do believe in CJ Stroud and this Texans offense in the long term. 
And so I want to have a piece of one of the wide receivers in case that's the one that's good. The next game, we have a divisional showdown with the Bengals and the Browns. The Bengals are favored by two and a half points. Only one player or only one NFL expert, Gennaro, is picking the Browns. I don't know why you would pick the Browns here. I don't even know why the why the spread is only two and a half points. The Bengals should absolutely smash the Browns, even if it is in Cleveland. I'm just not sold on the revival of the Browns. And even if that is true, this is the Cincinnati Bengals we're talking about. Joe Burrow is going to throw for like 300 yards. Jamar Chase is going to have like 20 receptions. <laughs> just kidding. Not 20 receptions, but Jamar Chase is just going to pop off. And I don't see the Bengals or really this game being close really at all. Maybe the first half will be, but I expect the Bengals to show who they are and who they've become, especially in the playoffs with everyone healthy, the revamped offensive line with Orlando Brown coming in and just really everyone being there. And, I am still stashing Andre Eosivas and Charlie Jones in my deeper leagues that they're available. Go ahead and pick them up before this game in case an injury happens. And also, I'm sure that they will be on the field, even if it is minimal, just to be out there. So, so go ahead and roster those guys to see what happens. For the Browns, you've got to hold on to DPJ. This is going to be a fantastic game to find out who is the alpha in the Browns receiving room. Is it still Amari Cooper? Is David Njoku stepping into a bigger role? Is it still Donovan Peoples-Jones being Deshaun Watson's favorite target? And what can Elijah Moore do? So much to watch. I honestly can't give an opinion. DPJ is the one I'm picking, so I guess I can give an opinion. DPJ is the one I'm picking. He's not only the cheapest, but he also performed the best with Deshaun Watson last season. So I'm all in on Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think he's a great value. And I mean, he's a guy that can take the top off the defense. He provides on special teams and he averaged almost 10 points a game last season, which is honestly really good. So Donovan Peoples-Jones, go get him before the game. And Nick Chubb should, you know, look good as always. But the real thing to watch is how the split between Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong is. How are they using these back at running backs? Because one of them is going to be a valuable handcuff. Next game we have is the Jaguars heading out to Indianapolis for Anthony Richardson's first game of the season. The Jaguars are favored by five with a spread of 45 and a half. And this is where one of those games, I could see it being a bit closer. I know that it's a five point spread, but with so much unknown about these Indianapolis Colts and it being a home game, it, it is possible that Anthony Richardson just wills the Colts to a close game. I still think the Jaguars ultimately come out on top here, but I do think that the Colts can cover this five point spread that's going to be my take. Uh, again, I'm not really rostering any of these Colts running backs. I will say, go ahead right now, if he's available, go pick up Zach Moss uh, because I know I've been seeing Deion Jackson and Evan Hole being rostered pretty much everywhere. But go pick up Zach Moss because the rumors are, if he's healthy, he's actually the starter and he's still listed as questionable for this game. So why not see what happens? If he's out, you can drop him and take a flyer with someone else. But why not, right? Why not? And the, in terms of the Jag, well, for the rest of the Colts, Anthony, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about these wide receivers. I'm not comfortable starting a single Colts weapon in this game. I'm just not doing it, even if I have Michael Pittman. I do want to see it first. I could be burned, but I'm fine being burned by good process. I'm not starting a Colts receiver. I, I would feel much more comfortable starting Anthony Richardson week one than I would Michael Pittman. That's my take. And then... Uh, for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence is going to go crazy. Just look for it. 
And um, I, I think the thing to watch is going to be, of course, Tank Bigsby. How much can he take away from Travis Etienne? If anything, I'm excited to watch that running back battle. I hope it's Travis Etienne still getting over 65% of the opportunities, but we'll have to see how it goes. And Calvin Ridley, of course, is a player you need to keep your eye on. If he stays healthy, how much usage is he getting? All sorts of stuff. But I think the real value here is going to be Christian Kirk, who is still the slot receiver and still the guy that led them in targets last season, still has the rapport with Trevor Lawrence. I think Christian Kirk is going to surprise some people by still being consistent with Calvin Ridley in the lineup. Also, I guess roster Zay Jones. Why not? Why not? Calvin Ridley has had the health concerns uh, and, you know, it's possible that the, the Jaguars run some four receiver sets or, you know, so, or you only need three, actually. You only need three with Zay Jones. So anyway, go ahead and pick up Zay Jones, see what happens. The next game is the Buccaneers at the Vikings. The Vikings are only favored by five and a half. I could see them winning by a lot more than that. I'm taking the Vikings in here as well as the other five NFL experts. Uh, that's really the big takeaway here is that the Vikings should crush the Buccaneers. But of course, there's going to be a ton of value to be had in the Buccaneers. In fact, any fantasy football player I have from the Buccaneers, I am starting this week. I'm starting Mike Evans. I'm starting Chris Godwin. I'm starting Rashad White. I'm probably not starting one of the quarterbacks unless it's a super flex league and I have to. Um, but all of the actual weapons on the Buccaneers, you have to start them. They're going to be playing from behind the entire game. And the Vikings defense does not look good at all. And so there really is going to be opportunity for them to score some fantasy points. But I think the Vikings should win by at least a touchdown in this game. But again, start your Buccaneers. And uh, I guess the thing to watch for the Vikings is going to be what they do with the running back room. How much is Alexander Madison getting? How much is Ty Chandler getting? And will anyone be activated off the practice squad, i.e. Dwayne McBride. So that's actually, I think this will be a very fun game to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it pop up on my red zone. I'll leave it at that. The next game is the Tennessee Titans heading to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are surprisingly favored and four of the NFL people have picked them in this game. I'm definitely not doing that. The Titans will win this game easily. Derrick Henry is going to run for over a hundred yards and Ryan Tannehill is going to look fine. So I'm taking the Titans in this game. I really don't think it's going to be super close. Uh, if it is, it's because it's a low-scoring game. But I really do think the Titans are going to have basically their foot on the pedal the entire game. They're going to control this one. The Saints have too many things to be working out. Where the Titans, I mean, they've got Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill's back. They're bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. Traylon Burks and Chickaquanqua going into their second season. You know, it's uh, you've got to go with the Titans here. Give me the Titans. Uh, and the thing to watch, of course, is how much targets is DeAndre Hopkins getting, who's getting the rest of them, and how is the backup situation for Derrick Henry? Is it Tajay Spears? We'll see. We'll see. And for the Saints, um, I, I'm very excited for Juwan Johnson this season. I'm not going to say I'm comfortable starting him. I think this game's going to be too slow, uh, and I just don't see many opportunities for fantasy points unless it's like a tight end premium league. Chris, this is kind of honestly the same thing for all the Saints. I'm not, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm so eh on all of the Saints receivers this year. That goes to Chris Olave, that goes to Michael Thomas, that goes to A.T. Perry, that goes to Rashid Shahid, and it goes to Juwan Johnson. I just don't see this offense scoring a lot of points. And so I just don't see a lot of fantasy points coming unless it's, of course, like full PPR and everything. I think this is more floor guys with not much ceiling. 
I'm starting Chris Olave. If I have him, I ha- I mean, you kind of have to, but I'm not expecting much more than 15 points out of him. Why? I, I just don't know why you would. So anyway, not expecting too much from the Saints. Even like Jamal Williams, I think maybe he'll score a touchdown, but not much more than that. I just, I'm really not expecting much from any of the Saints in this game. It's the Titans that you're going to want to watch here. And I, 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 I'm really surprised that they're not the favorite. The next game is the 49ers heading out to Pittsburgh. The Steelers are not favorited. The 49ers are favorited by two and a half points. But three of the NFL uh, analysts here picked the Steelers to win. This is a tough one. This is going to be one of the games to watch. This is a very exciting 1 p.m. game. I'm really surprised this isn't later or like a 4 p.m. game or something. This is going to be a good one. Give me the Steelers as well. You know what? Screw it. Give me the Steelers at well at home winning the first game of the season. That's a very Mike Tomlin thing to do. Look for George Pickens to make himself known. Traverius Ward's going to be on Deontay Johnson. He's going to be shut down. George Pickens is going to pop off in this game. Man, I that San Francisco defense is something else, though. Kenny Pickett might have some fits. Whoa, I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a good game. This is going to be a really good game. Uh, and in terms of the 49ers, Brock Purdy is probably going to look good. You know, the classic two touchdowns, 200-something yards. Hopefully, Debo Samuel looks good. That's the player I'm keeping my eye on the most is what is Debo Samuel going to do? He promised that last season was the worst season, and he'll build upon that and get better going forward. Let's find out if he's lying. And then I want to see how much Elijah Mitchell is used in this game behind Christian McCaffrey. Is it a 1A, 1B situation, a 1-2, or is it a super one with Elijah Mitchell as like, a you know, like just kind of filling in every once in a while? Um, I think he'll probably get some carries. That's what we saw in the playoffs, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited to see how they're using Christian McCaffrey in general. If they're giving him a little bit of a less workload or something as he is getting older. The next game is the, this is a terrible game. We just go from the 49ers Steelers to the Cardinals commanders commanders favored by seven. That's a lot of points, but I mean, makes sense. You've got Josh Dobbs starting. Uh, and the Cardinals are really just terrible across the board. I wouldn't be surprised if they covered seven points is a big spread, especially for a team with a young quarterback, new offensive coordinator and everything. Um, but I still do expect the commanders to win. Chase Young is making his appearance. Uh, so I hope he can, you know, make some noise, maybe get a sack or two. That'd be fun to see. But of course, the players to watch are going to be Sam Howell. The players to watch are going to be Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and the running backs for the commanders, but most importantly, Antonio Gibson. Is he a de facto receiving back, or is he still not used properly? It's 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 an interesting one. If you can get a good return on Antonio Gibson, I'm not lying. I am selling Antonio Gibson where I can. I've seen some crazy offers come in for him uh, that I would rather just take the expensive payout for Antonio Gibson than risk him being improperly used again. Again, I could eat my words and he could be properly used, but if you can get a good return for him, why not? Don't even take the risk. And for the Cardinals, I'm just honestly curious the most if James Conner will still be fed even though they're losing. I just want to know how the Cardinals are attacking this season. Are they just going to try to get through it by just playing football throughout, or are they actually going to try to win and pass the ball a ton? That's really going to be a fantastic thing to watch. And also, how much is Keontae Ingram used? And also... 
how many, you know, unique plays is Rondale Moore going to get? That's another thing to keep your eye on. Going to be an interesting game to watch, but definitely not a fun one. This is a yucky game, Cardinals at Commanders. The first 4 o'clock game to talk about is the Packers heading to the Bears. Divisional showdown. The Bears are favored by one point. I'm going to pick the Packers in this game because I do believe in Jordan Love. Let me rephrase this. I'm going to pick the Packers if Christian Watson is healthy. If Christian Watson is out with this undisclosed injury, then I'll take the Bears. But I'm going to take the Packers if everyone is out there. So so I guess that's my kind of half answer for my picks here. Um, but uh, I just think that this is going to be a really good game. If this ended up being the highest scoring game of the weekend, I would not be surprised. Both of these offenses are electric and both of these defenses are fine. I know that they both play very classic football, but I really do think that we could see some very explosive plays if Christian Watson is out there for the Packers. Really just back and forth, like a crazy DJ Moore play, and then a crazy Justin Fields run, and then like a crazy Christian Watson catch, or uh, Aaron Jones something. I don't know. It's basically, I'm excited for this one. I think that this will actually we'll see a lot of fantasy football points coming out of this one. And I think everyone could end up being startable again, if both Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs are out, or if even one of them are out, go ahead and start Jaden Reed. Probably at the very least, make sure you're rostering Jaden Reed before this game. As we saw that injury report, as we talked about at the beginning or earlier in the show, both of them could be out. One of them could be out and Jaden Reed might be thrown into it really quick, really, really quick. And then the bears. It's just so much to watch here, but really just how much are they passing the ball? If they are passing the ball a lot, Cole Komet will prove to be one of the greater values of the NFL season, along with really everyone in this offense. And then, of course, we have to see how this running back room is going to shake out now that it's regular season. How many snaps is Khalil Herbert getting versus Roshan Johnson? And who is in on the passing downs? If Roshan Johnson already earns the passing down work week one, then boy, it's time to strap up for Roshan Johnson season. Excited to watch it. Going to be tuning in. Again, I think that this could be a barn burner. And the Raiders-Broncos is the next game. This one I really don't think is going to be that fun. Uh, the over-under 44 makes a lot of sense. Broncos favored by three and a half. I think I'm going to take the Raiders in this game. I'm going to take the Raiders in this game, and here's why. I think the Raiders can beat the Broncos because, A, Jimmy Garoppolo is a great game commander, but also it's basically the same offense as last year with a quarterback upgrade, in my opinion. Um, so I, I And, of course, with Josh McDaniel liking Jimmy Garoppolo more, I think the system could work out a lot. You've got Josh Jacobs returning. You've got Devontae Adams out there. You've brought in Jacoby Myers. You've got the rookie tight end, Michael Mayer, who looks to be – really good. And we just saw Sam Laporta look really good. So all of these rookie tight ends might actually be in for a good season. So give me the Raiders week one. I think the Broncos are going to have some things to work through before they are the unlocked Broncos that a lot of people are hoping for. So give me the Raiders in this upset in week one. Um, And then again, I just don't think that the Broncos are going to be able to start off hot. Could they get there? Yes, but I'm not betting on, you know, a Russell Wilson, 300 yard, three touchdown type of game yet, yet, yet. I do think it'll come. I do think it'll come. Wow. We have the Dolphins at Chargers also at 425. That's going to be a great game. The Chargers are favored by three. I'm also going to take the Chargers. This one will be the highest scoring of the weekend uh, for sure. This is going to be back and forth. All of these players are going to score. The big storylines to watch for the Dolphins are going to be 
how much is Devon Achen carrying the ball? How much is Raheem Mostert carrying the ball? And are they going to use Chris Brooks at all? The rookie who made the active roster with Jeff Wilson on IR. And how? what are they doing with tight ends in Miami? That is also the big takeaway. And also who will be behind Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill? Who's that other receiver kind of getting in? Is it Cedric Wilson? Is it Braxton Berrios? Or is it one of the tight ends? That's something we have to keep our eye on. And then also, finally, how is Tua Tugavaiola's pocket presence? Is he still taking unnecessary hits? Or is he using that rolling thing? Basically, we can see week one if we think Tua Tugavaiola is going to last the whole year or not. And that's going to be a big thing to watch. And for the Chargers, new offensive coordinator. Can they do it? I think they will. And I think that Justin Herbert is going to throw the ball north of 50 times this game. It's going to be special. Justin Herbert will finally be unleashed, as will all of the receivers here. Josh Palmer's going to have a game. Keenan Allen's going to have a game. Mike Williams is going to have one catch for 60 yards and a touchdown. And Quentin Johnston will have four catches for 23 yards. It's going to be nice. I'm excited to see it. And my thing I'm keeping my eye on the most is the backup running back situation. Austin Eckler is going to get his, of course. But has Elijah Dotson done enough to get uh, regular season snaps? Or is it just going to be Joshua Kelly behind him? That's going to be a huge storyline to keep your eye on. Going to be a fun game. Really excited for this one. And the next 4 o'clock game is the Eagles-Patriots. Eagles favored by four. They should be favored by a lot more. The Patriots will not be able to keep up at all. I know it's in New England, but there's just no way. This Eagles defense is too good. This Eagles offense is too good. In fact, I would not be surprised if the Eagles won by two or three scores in this one. I do think that they will. the Patriots offense will at some point get something together, but it's not going to be week one against the Eagles. Uh, Mac Jones might look terrible in this game. So I think that after week one, Mac Jones is going to be a buy candidate, but right now he's not. Um, and I'm not comfortable starting any Patriot in this game. I'm not starting Zeke Elliott. I'm maybe starting. I would think the only one I would start would be Ramondre Stevenson because of the PPR potential. If they are going to be playing from behind, he should get a decent bit of dump offs. So Ramondre Stevenson, I'm starting out of the Patriots, but no one else I'm touching in this game. And for the Eagles, of course, you've got to start Jalen Hurts. Of course, you've got to start Devontae Smith. And of course, you've got to start A.J. Brown. I believe, hot take, that the highest scoring running back in this game will be Kenneth Gainwell. Since it's week one, I believe the Eagles will trust him a bit more, give him a little bit more of the rock. We'll see that change as the season goes on. But I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to be a good DFS play, as well as a potential flex play in this game, because I do think that they will be beating up on the Patriots uh, in a significant way. <laughs> the next game is the Rams Seahawks. Seahawks are favored to win by five and a half. All of the NFL experts are picking it. I like it. I think that makes sense. Of course, there's no Cooper Cup, so I'll go with the Seahawks as well. The big thing to watch is going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba, of course, but also Jake Bobo. Will he see the field at all? Are they going to run some four wide receiver sets? I want to see it. I don't know if they will. They probably won't, but it's just something to keep my eye on. He was a preseason darling and looked good. DK Metcalf was hyping him up this week, so I am just curious to see what kind of role Jake Bobo has earned. We already know Jackson Smith and Jigba's earned a huge role and will get a huge role. What's happening outside of that? And then just, of course, you know, how many wide receiver sets are they running in general? Who's on the field? Uh, how many times? All of that stuff. And then who the tight end will be. Is Noah, uh, is Noah Fant finally going to be something? I don't know. 
We'll find out. Worth rostering. Go ahead and pick up Noah Fant if he's available. Because of that athleticism, you'll be able to drop him easily after the game. This will be a good 4 p.m. flyer. So go with that. Mac Hollins for 1 p.m., Noah Fant for 4 p.m., and we'll talk about a Sunday night football pickup soon. But those are what I'm expecting for the Seahawks. If Kenneth Walker is out again, I believe DJ Dallas will get the most work because of seniority. But I think that, you know, Kenny McIntosh will get a good bit of passing work and look explosive. He looked good at the UJ Pro Day in that role. And Zach Charbonnet as well will probably get some usage, but it's probably going to be DJ Dallas getting the bulk if Kenneth Walker is out. If Kenneth Walker is in, I don't care if he's playing through a growing injury, you have to start Kenneth Walker. He's a fantastic athlete and running back. Start him if he's out there. Don't question it. Start your rest of the Seahawks as well. Start, start your Lockets. Start your DK Metcalfs. Screw it. Start your Jackson Smith and Jigbas for the Rams. Oh God, you can probably, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to start a single Ram. You probably have to start Cam Akers if you have to, but I don't think this will be a Cam Akers ceiling game. Uh, It's going to take touchdowns for him. And I just don't see that really being there. Maybe one, Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm Matthew Stafford's going to have a rough one without Cooper cup. Tyler Higby is probably a good smash start. He'll probably be really good in PPR, tight end premium formats, a good DFS play Tyler Higby will be. Um, but otherwise, probably staying away from that Rams offense in this one. And finally, well, actually, I guess we have two games, but the Sunday night game is the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. The Cowboys are favored by three and a half. It's in New York, and I'm actually going to go crazy here. I will take the Giants in this game in the upset I think that they can do it because they're the home team, and I think they'll be fired up. Saquon Barkley is pissed off. They've brought in Darren Waller, who will at least be able to play one game of football, and it's going to be an important one here against the Cowboys. I'm not in on Darren Waller for the whole season, but in a week one matchup, divisional against the Cowboys on Sunday night football, sure. Start your Daniel Jones, start your Saquons, start your Darren Wallers, and pick up your Wandale Robinsons. I think that's the player I am most interested in on this New York Giants offense in the receiving room. Wandale Robinson was extremely hyped last year before the injury, looked really good, and was commanding a decent bit of targets. Isaiah Hodgins has already locked himself into a role based on his playoff performance and his you know comfortability in this offense with Dabble, and then, of course, the chemistry he built with Daniel Jones. Wandale Robinson, to me, is the wild card. They drafted him last year. He's going into his second year. He looked good before the injury. I'm curious if they want to feed him the ball again. So pick up Wandale Robinson as your Sunday night flyer. Drop him if he's not used a lot. But Wandale is the one I'm most curious about. The Cowboys. The biggest biggest thing to watch, of course, is Tony Pollard's health. I want to see it. He's coming back from a pretty bad injury. Right. And so I, I want to see what he can do if he still looks explosive and if the Cowboys are still giving him a tons of volume. Now, that extends to Deuce Vaughn and Rico Dowdle. How much usage are they getting, if at all? Really, this running back room in general is going to be the biggest thing to watch for the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott gone. It's a brand new thing. Brand new thing. Also, outside of CD Lamb and Brandon Cooks, who will step up? Is Jake Ferguson who he's cracked up to be, or is my guy Luke Schoonmaker going to be able to eat into his workload like I think he is? I'm in on Luke Schoonmaker this season, so I'm going to be watching Jake Ferguson to just see what kind of performance he can give in this game. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch that battle, but also uh, outside of you know the wide receiver three, you have Jalen Tolbert out there. Uh, and then uh, there's um, 
oh god michael gallup as well can either of them step up the way that they have you know been hoped to that now that they're going against quarterback threes they might you know so this is going to be a great sunday night football game lots of things to take away and going to be a good one again take your flyer on wandale robinson and also make sure you're rostering a tony pollard handcuff because again he's returning from a pretty bad injury and the worst case could happen so um you know have his backup ready and finally guys the monday night football game the buffalo bills at the new york jets the bills are favored by two and a half and for some reason all of these nfl analysts have picked the jets to upset them i am not that crazy the bills are going to win this game i don't know why everyone forgets about the bills and how good they were last year the bills could run away with this one i know the jets are the hyped offseason team with hard knocks and everything but for a week one game against the bills no way the bills are going to new york and they're gonna shock people and remind people of who they were stefan diggs is going to have a great game james cook is going to have a fantastic game lock james cook into your lineups listen to me now lock james cook into your lineups lock james cook into your lineups for the jets or i guess one more thing about the bills the big thing to watch is dalton kincaid's usage is he a wide receiver with a tight end body or is he playing a traditional tight end also how much has he pushed out of dawson knox's red zone role is dawson knox still the guy in the red zone or is dalton kincaid gonna be one as well big takeaways there and then of course i guess how much more is josh allen running the ball are they using damian harris in that kind of role and not having josh allen run the ball a ton it's going to be interesting to watch big games going to big takeaways in this game and then for the jets we are mostly interested in how this dalvin cook Brees hall split works out and how explosive Brees hall looks as you guys know i'm still in on Brees hall i'm buying him at his current value everywhere in dynasty in redraft I think it's one of the easiest moves to make. Brees Hall was extremely effective last season on a less than 50% snap share. He can do it again. I don't care that Dalvin Cook is on, on the other side. Dalvin Cook could get hurt by week nine probably, or at the very least, Brees Hall is going to continuously get more usage as the season goes on. And when the fantasy football games matter most in the playoffs, Brees Hall is going to be fantastic. So buy Brees Hall while you can. Buy Brees Hall while you can. Buy Brees Hall while you can can and then the biggest thing to watch here outside of that is the wide receivers how many targets is Garrett Wilson getting and how many targets are Aaron Rodgers old friends Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard getting that's what I want to know I want to know how much Aaron Rodgers is still trusting those guys and how much he's giving the ball to uh Garrett Wilson is he Devontae Adams we're gonna find out we're gonna find out week one is upon us everyone Thank you for letting me kind of break down what I'm expecting for these games. Let me check your comments here. Um, see if we have any great questions. Let's see. Um, let's see. Mechie isn't practicing. Okay, thank you. That's good to know. Go pick up Tank Dell. Um, start Deshaun or Geno this week. Geno Smith easily. I am not starting Deshaun Watson until he proves anything. Uh, let's see. Anthony Richardson will, will the Colts to a close game. He will, he will, he will. Uh, Alan Alave, Godwin and Dotson pick two in a full point PPR league. Give me Keenan Allen and Chris Godwin. 
you heard it here. Chris Godwin against the Vikings, Keenan Allen against the Dolphins in a full PPR. I don't care that the higher draft capital went to Alave and Dotson. Give me Keenan Allen and Godwin in those games. Both of those are going to have fantastic game scripts. Both of those guys are going to score a ton of points. All right. Jason, the morning show, go. Thank you, senior football. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, You want upset? It's the Steelers. Yeah, that was one I picked. I think the Steelers could do it. Um, the show is so clutch. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you. Was Pacheco on a snap count? I don't know. It, it is possible he did have the kind of injury pop up, but I mean, it doesn't matter. He looked good. He got enough points. Now we just need the touchdowns to come. I really do think Pacheco might be a buy candidate right now. I think that you can still scoop in and buy him for, for a reasonable amount. Um, someone dropped a chain in a 10 man non PPR league. Would you drop Roshan, Kenny Gainwell, Jay Sander, Zay Flowers to pick him up? Roshan, maybe. I I see Charbonnet here, actually. Charbonnet on your list down here. I would drop Charbonnet for Devon A-Chain easily. Go ahead and do that. I'm not dropping any of the other guys you listed. You need to hold on to those guys. You can drop Charbonnet. You can drop Charbonnet. I know. I know. Like, for the most part, that we're expecting a lot with him, especially if Ken, uh, Kenneth Walker is out, you know. But I, I just – the ceiling for Devon A-Chain is a lot higher to me. And on Instagram here, your thoughts on Houston's Pierce – I think that Damian Pierce is a decent player, right? Basically, David Montgomery light. He's attached to a less good offense, uh, but he is a really, really talented runner uh, and will probably get a decent bit of off of volume for sure. So um, Damian Pierce, I think, is in for a decent year. I don't think he's going to have much ceiling there, but I do still think that he's, you know, someone that you can start, you know, comfortably get you about 10 points a game. Maybe not much more than that but that's what you can expect from Damian Pierce. Ken Walker might be out. Yes, I know senior football. I know if Kenneth Walker, maybe wait a little bit, you know, maybe wait to see, you know, maybe Sunday morning pick up A-Chain. If Kenneth Walker ends up playing, you can drop Charbonnet, but you just, you can't drop Roshan. You can't drop Zay Flowers. You can't drop JSN and you can't drop Kenneth Gainwell. So um, yeah, you just can't do it. But thank you all. I see a lot of support pouring in here in the comments. Thank you guys so much for spending the off season with me. Week one is finally here, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait to see you all on Monday as I get to give my takeaways from week one. That's going to be so much fun. It's going to be wake and takeaway. How cool is that? Again, you guys have been a fantastic audience. Thank you for making wake and take what it has become. I hope you guys have a fantastic Friday, a fantastic rest of your week, a fantastic football Sunday. Let's go. And I'll see you all Monday. Have a good one. Peace. 